Hey everyone, before we jump into today's episode, I just wanted to say thank you so, so much for joining us on the podcast week after week. And we have something new for you starting in 2023. If you are interested in seeing video clips, photos, and the spelling of the websites or names of a lot of the hotels, excursions, or other recommendations that we have on this show, you can now watch all of these episodes on my YouTube channel. Just search for GeoBreeze Travel on YouTube and check out the show notes for the link and you'll be able to get all of the visuals for all of the trips that we talk about on the show. If one of your New Year's resolutions is to save more money, there are tons of bonuses going on for starting new savings accounts right now. For example, Allian Online Banking has an offer through Swagbucks where you can earn a bonus of $75 for opening a new account. All you need to do is sign up for Swagbucks by going to geobreezetravel.com swagbucks Click through Swagbucks to sign up for an Allianz online banking account, and you will earn an award of 7,500 Swagbucks, valued at $75. Check out Swagbucks for even more easy money-making offers, and thank you to Swagbucks for partnering with this episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast, a show for anyone wanting to level up their travel hacking lifestyle. I'm your host, Julia Menez. I'm a travel hacker, coach, speaker, Filipina-American ENTJ who loves solid travel gear and using shortcuts on spreadsheets. On this show, I'm on a mission to bring you travel hackers from all walks of life to help you level up your travel hacking game. We dive into credit cards, miles, points, strategy, mindset, and the secrets behind how to travel the world for next to no cost. So let's get hacking. On one of our boat tours, we were asking, how much are these houses? They're like $30 million houses. They are ridiculously expensive. Yeah. And there's a restaurant on this private island and you have to make reservations and you have to get on a boat to get onto the private island. And before you get on the boat, they make sure that you have reservations. And then when we get there, you walk out onto this pier and it's like the island on Survivor except fancy because there's tiki torches as you're walking out onto the pier and then you walk onto the sand into this fancy restaurant. It's absolutely gorgeous. We had a table right on the beach and the water. So it's interesting because you are walking through what I assume were marble tiles and then straight onto the beach with mm -hmm. these tiki torches. I had the Florida Keys pink shrimp carbonara, mm -hmm. which was gigantic. They were like, you're not going to finish it. We have NFL players who dine here and they've never finished it. They said the only person who's ever finished it, there was like one 16-year-old girl and she's the only one who's ever finished the shrimp carbonara because it was huge. We had cocktails there as well. I think I had the key lime martini, which mm -hmm. was fantastic. Hey there, points people. You just heard a clip from me. As the first podcast episode of 2023, this episode is going to be a little bit different. I'm joined today by Ashley Sarati from the Florida Keys Department of Tourism and she will be acting as today's interviewer while I am the interviewee covering a press trip that I recently had the pleasure of taking in the Florida Keys. In this episode, we discuss flight and hotel options that you can take on points, as well as restaurant and excursion recommendations in the Florida Keys. If your New Year's resolutions include healthy eating, exercise, and traveling more on points and miles, you'll definitely want to check out the Chase Freedom Flex, which earns 5x points on special categories each quarter. The special categories in Q1 2023 are grocery stores, Target, and gym and fitness memberships, which will help you earn even more points as you make 2023 your best year ever. Remember, if you decide to apply for the Chase Freedom Flex or any other card, never apply directly through Google. Always use a friend or creator's referral link. If you're interested in supporting this show when you apply for your next card, check out geobreezetravel.com cards. And if you're not sure what card is right for you, I offer free credit card consultations at geobreezetravel.com consultations. 
and we have the links to the Chase Freedom Flex for you and the free consultation form for you in the show notes as well. And now on with the show. Hey, Ashley, welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you. And we are going to do things a little bit differently today where you are going to be the interviewer and I am going to be the interviewee and talking about my fantastic trip to the Florida Keys. But before we get into all of that, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and the Florida Keys and why everybody should go there. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Ashley Sarati. I'm a representative for the Florida Keys and Key West Tourism Board. I've been working for the Keys for about six years, but really it's not a job. I have been vacationing in the Keys since I was a kid. So I get paid to tell people to go where I vacation. So it's an easy sell, as I like to say. So the Florida Keys and Key West are a 125-mile-long island chain at the southern end of Florida. If you're looking at the map, we're sort of like those tiny little chain of islands all the way down at the bottom uh, that you really have to zoom in on if you're looking at. But to give you a quick overview of the Florida Keys, if you are traveling south from Miami or Fort Lauderdale, the first key you'll come across is Key Largo. Key Largo is home to the first underwater state park, John Pennycamp Coral Reef State Park. It's home to great diving, great snorkeling, a lot of ways to get out on the water can be found in Key Largo. It also has a rich movie history in that, in Key Largo, of course, and it's home to the African Queen, the African Queen from the movie starring Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn. Continuing south, you come across Isla Morada. Isla Morada is sort of what I like to call the up-and-coming cool kid. If Key West is its big sister, then Isla Mirada is the lesser known, but equally as cool little sister. And there's a lot of great dining, great art galleries, a lot of local breweries and distilleries and lots of great things. They have a really burgeoning art scene. The Mirada Way Arts District hosts the third Thursday art walk every third Thursday of the month. Keeping on going down south by southwest, you'll run across Marathon. Marathon is best known for the Seven Mile Bridge. It's the longest contiguous bridge in the United States. But it's also great for families in that there are a lot of family-friendly activities and attractions to see and do when you're visiting the Marathon area. We're just going right on down the map. Big Pine and the Lower Keys. So Big Pine and the Lower Keys are the least people-populated area of the destination. You'll find more animals in this area than you will people, which I think is great, especially for those that are really looking to connect with nature. You know, go kayaking in the backcountry, stand up paddleboarding. And also go looking for key deer, which are smaller versions of the American white-tailed deer. And then last but certainly not least is Key West, which I think is probably the most popular of all of the areas in the destination. Known for its nightlife, great hotels, great dining, of course, nightly sunset celebrations at Mallory Square. There are so many cool places to go in the Keys, and I feel like not enough people talk about them. Definitely not in points and miles which is weird because there's so many different points hotels and so many different ways to get there using points and miles. So I am excited to jump in. Yeah. So I guess I'll just jump right in with the question. So what made you want to visit the Florida Keys? I'm personally team Hyatt and there was one hotel. It was not actually one of the ones we stayed at, but when I was looking for where we can find a Hyatt residence club, this was one of the very few places in the U.S. where you can get to stay at a Hyatt residence club. So I saw that first. And then I thought, oh, well, what else are in the Florida Keys? And so I kind of just started looking around there. And it has such a unique feel to it. I am really into, say, urbanism, where mm-hmm. I like towns that it's totally walkable. You can get to all of the different restaurants. You don't have to mess with parking and the cars and everything. And I know that when people see where the Florida Keys are on the map, it looks like, well, there's no way to get there without 
driving, you have to drive down that Florida highway. But once we talk about Key West, it's actually one of the greatest American cities that I think that I've been to because you can just walk everywhere. There's restaurants, there's stuff to do, there's park benches. Obviously, there's a gorgeous ocean. There's just so much to do and eat and see. And the logistics were really, really easy. Yeah, I think I have to agree with you on that. I mean, you can basically park your car in Key West and not need it for however long you're there, which I think is really, really great. So for anyone looking to travel to the Florida Keys, how can someone fly there using points and miles? Most people are probably going to fly either into Miami or Fort Lauderdale. And between those two airports, there's pretty much every airline is going to service those. We flew from Las Vegas to Miami through Southwest. We had a quick layover in Texas each way. I think each way was in Austin. Since Miami is an international hub and Fort Lauderdale is a huge airport as well, like I mentioned, pretty much anyone flies there. So whatever your hub airport is, if you are in Newark and wanted to fly United, or if you're in Philadelphia and you want to fly American Airlines, all of these things are options for you. And then from there, Key Largo was only about a one and a half hour drive from Miami. And then you could also fly into Fort Lauderdale. It's probably going to be about half an hour more. So not too bad at all. We actually had a funny story with our rental car. So I know that working with you guys, you had gotten us a rental car the whole time. We had just moved to Nevada. So he had gotten his temporary license. And while I was trying to get mine, I don't know if the state of Nevada got hacked or something, but the computer shut down as I was sitting there and they're like, we can't give you your new license right now. Please come back a different day. So he had his temporary and I did not. With the temporary license, they just give you a piece of paper. So when we were at Miami airport and I was like, oh, I'd like to add him as an authorized driver. And he hands over the piece of paper, temporary license. They said, oh, we can't accept that from out of state. So he can't drive. Oh my gosh. Previously, before moving to Nevada, we had lived in New Jersey, Jersey City for three years. And I had not driven a car in three years. And they said, ma'am, you're going to have to drive. It's you. And they were very nice. They got me a smaller car. It was a Kia Soul so that I was able to see (laughs) over the dashboard. But for anybody who hates driving as much as I do, it was horrible in Miami, but the rest of the trip was completely (laughs) fine. The Florida highway is really, really easy. There's not really any wrong turns. You're just going down one highway the whole way. I got a little antsy on the bridges at first where I'm like, oh my God, I'm not used to driving. You get used to it really, really quick. So for anybody who's like, oh, I don't love driving. It's not that bad at all. Once you're out of Miami. I was going to, it's so crazy, but at least you were coming to a destination that there's one road in and one road out. Like you said, it's not that bad. I'm so sorry that happened. (laughs) Oh, it's okay. And if anybody is listening and is like, I really, really, really don't want to drive, you can fly directly into Key West. You can fly with Allegiant, American Airlines, Delta has a flight from Atlanta. So you would just connect through Atlanta. JetBlue has seasonal flights from Boston. United Express has flights from Newark. And there's Mm -hmm. also some seasonal United flights from Chicago, Houston, and Washington, Dulles. So if you're like, nope, no cars for me. Yeah, It's still definitely a viable option to visit the Keys. You just fly straight into Key West and then take a taxi or one of the shuttles or something to your hotel. And it's a small island. And we'll talk about some hotel options where you can walk pretty much everywhere. We didn't need our car the whole time we were in Key West. To add to that, also, if you do want to fly into if, you know, your hub airport, has direct flights into Miami or Fort Lauderdale, there's a company called Flixbus, has stops in every major area. They have a stop in Key Largo, Isla Marathon. And then most hotels, like in the Isla Mirada area, 
have shuttle transportation to area attractions. So you can take that as an alternative method of transportation too. And it's really affordable. I think tickets are only like 22 bucks a person, which is pretty cheap. How about hotels? Are there any good points hotels in the area? Yeah. So we stayed at Beggar's Key, which was in Key Largo. It's a Hilton property. It's part of the Curio collection. And so the number of points that you would need in order to stay there is going to vary. I saw a few dates that were only about 50,000 Hilton points, which isn't bad at all. But if you're traveling during peak season, like spring break, the points prices can get a lot higher. But as far as the property, oh my God, the property is really, really beautiful. And it has a lot of waterfront to explore everything from just what you would expect with the regular beach activities. And then there's some more shaded areas that have like the mangrove trees, which was really, really unique because it feels like you're going through a small forest and then you have your own secluded area with benches and chairs and then it goes straight into the water so really really unique views and experience seeing that and then at this hotel it seemed like everybody was kind of congregating around the beach and the restaurants so it's really easy to explore the rest of the hotel by yourself and just get photos without anybody in the background for anybody who's really into Instagram like I am <laughs> that is really helpful to have those types of areas just with the forest and the trees and the hotel balcony. They have these swinging chairs all over the hotel. Those are super grammable. So that was a fantastic stay. And then we also got to go to the restaurant called Clusa's at Baker's Key. And they have sunset champagne toasts available for guests every night. It's included with your resort fee. The resort fee includes a lot of other things like beach activities and all the water sports, all the kayaks, paddle boards, things like that. And the nice thing about the champagne toast, other than free champagne, we visited in November and it was right after daylight savings time. So sunset was at like 5 p.m. At 5 p.m. everybody is still at the beach. We had the entire restaurant to ourselves. We had the best view of the sunset from the entire restaurant. So it's probably an added perk of going in November, in addition to the weather being perfect that time of year. And since we were already at the restaurant, we had dinner there. I had the scallops. They were really good. We had the rum cake dessert, which was really good too. And then I also like the cocktails that they had. I mean, the cocktails were good, but what I thought was really unique about them was the straws because they were like these, these speckled looking material. And I asked the waitress what that was. And she said they were made out of recycled and upcycled avocado seeds, which I thought was really cool because we'll talk about the turtles and everything later. But there's a lot of wildlife in the Keys that ingest a lot of trash. And so I really appreciate that the hotel is using biodegradable straws to kind of combat that. So I thought that was really cool. So that was our first hotel in Key Largo. And then the other hotel that we stayed at during our trip was Kimpton Winslow's Bungalows in Key West. It's right in the middle of Key West. So it's a maximum of 20 minutes to walk to any of the major attractions from the waterfront, the butterfly gardens, museums, anything. And it's a really, really unique historic feel with this hotel. You get your own private bungalow. I read online that no two rooms are exactly the same. So I think that's pretty cool. And then the Kimpton brand with IHG is known for having extra fun perks at their hotels. Like a lot of them will have wine happy hour every day, or sometimes they have a seasonal secret password that can get you some extra perks like upgrades or free drinks, depending on the property, sometimes swag. And when we arrived, they didn't have the secret password in place then, but we did get a couple of welcome drinks. So one was a beer, I think it was a lager that was specially made for the hotel. It had the hotel's branding on it. Mm -hmm. 
other welcome drink was this really, really refreshing peach blossom hard seltzer, which our room wasn't ready yet. So we just enjoyed that on the porch. It was such a relaxing feeling, just kind of drinking on the porch. It felt like we were at somebody's house because of how the bungalows are laid out. What I really liked about this property was, like I mentioned, we could just park our car. We didn't have to mess with it for two days. We could just walk around the entire island and go to all of our different excursions from there. We didn't have to worry about, oh, should we drink with dinner? Should we not drink with dinner? Because we have to drive. So that was probably my favorite thing about this property was just how easy it was to walk to everywhere from there. That's one of my favorite things about that property as well is that it's so conveniently and centrally located. Yeah. And then there are lots of other points hotels in the Keys as well, depending on what type of points people are into. So if you're Team Marriott, there's the Saint Hotel in Key West. It's a Category 7 Marriott property. Rooms are going to cost between 50,000 and 70,000 points per night. Marriott also has the Playa Largo Resort, also a Category 7 property. And I think we saw some Courtyard Marriott's when we were driving around Key Largo. If you're more on the budget side of hotels, for Hilton fans, there's Casa Marina, which is a Waldorf Astoria resort. That's probably going to cost you about 70 or 80,000 points per night. There's also the Reach in Key West, which is a Hilton resort. And that one can get really expensive with points. We're talking more than 100,000 points per night. So if you have any free night certificates with your Hilton Aspire card, that is going to be a really good redemption to use there. And of course, there's the Baker's Key Resort that we talked about. And then for Hyatt fans, there's the Hyatt Centric Key West, which is a Category 6. It requires 25,000 points per night. Book it really early. It sells out super fast on the availability calendar. And then, like we mentioned at the beginning of this episode... There's the Hyatt Residence Club Key West, which is also 25,000 points per night. And like we mentioned, Hyatt Residence Clubs are far and few. So if you're trying to check off that brand for Hyatt Bingo so you can get your free Hyatt night after staying at five different brands, this is a really good one to try to get. And for IHG fans, there's the Crown Plaza in Key West. And then there's also Holiday Inn in Key Largo if you are more on the budget side. So whichever kinds of points you have, there are tons of options in the Keys. And since there's lots of luxury resorts. If you have the Amex Platinum and want to use your fine hotels and resorts credit there as well, tons of options for points hotels. I think you've named some of my favorites too. So now that we've kind of covered flights and hotels, let's talk about food. I know I have my personal favorites that I can chime in. What were some of your favorite restaurants that you got to experience while you were in the Keys? Oh my God. I think I gained like a pound a day, which is okay. Even though we were on the beach. Oh my God, the food was so good. So we had so many different key lime pies everywhere obviously. But as we were kind of driving down the keys, we had Calusa's at Baker's Key, like I mentioned. We also had lunch at the Fish House in Key Largo. Everything is so fresh. I like that their placemats that had this diagram of all the different fish that you could probably find in the keys, whether it's mahi or lionhead fish or hogfish or any of the other common fish that you're going to find there. So I like that they just kind of explained what you were looking at. And it was it was so fresh. And I think this is where we had probably one of my favorite key lime pies. It was really custardy. There was a huge peak of very stiff meringue on top of it. I think that was my favorite one because a lot of the other ones, they just kind of end up tasting the same. And we, we tried a key lime thing everywhere we went. Yes. But I think the one at the fish house was probably my favorite. It's super casual to just walk in there after a day at the beach. We went there after going on the dive trip and we were so hungry afterwards, but it's really casual, really easy to just order. I think I just had the appetizer platter because I couldn't make up my mind on what I wanted to eat. I just wanted to try everything. So I said, I'll just have 
two pieces of everything. And that was fantastic. In addition to restaurants, we also went to Isla Mirada Brewery and Distillery. So they gave us a tour of how they make all of their different beers and spirits. They have this gin that was really cool. It was hibiscus flavored. And then when you add the tonic water, it changes colors. We had flights of beer and also different cocktails. And I think my favorite by far was the frozen key lime pie. It was kind of like a pina colada, but with more of a lime feel. It was really good. And then so many different beers that were all pretty light and would just pair really well with a boat ride or sitting on the dock with some friends on a beach because obviously that's what you're going to find in the Florida Keys. It's not really the weather for stouts or anything like that. Yeah, definitely not a heavy beer, no. So a lot of really, really good beer options and they had rum as well and vodka and gin. So lots of different options there. And then we had dinner at Chef Michael's after that. And this is a higher end restaurant. It was really, really nice. We had something called the Petite Lionfish. And they have a few different ways that they can prepare whatever kind of fish you want. They have a few different kinds that are on the menu. All of them are super fresh. Our dessert here, instead of having the key lime pie, we ended up having the salted caramel cheesecake. It was so good. We were so full too. So we actually ended up getting it to go and having it for breakfast the next morning because salted caramel cheesecake is the breakfast of champions. It was fantastic. The Hilton at Baker's Key actually gave us a fruit platter as a welcome amenity. So we sprinkled blueberries and raspberries on top of the cheesecake and said, now it's healthy. Yeah, you got your fruit and veggies. Um, We visited the Key Largo Conch House. That was probably the first one that we went to when we got into Key Largo. Again, had appetizer platters because everything looked good and we couldn't decide. The key lime dessert we had there was a key lime coconut cake, which was Mm -hmm. really, really good as well. And I think the appetizer platter was huge. You get so much value. We had fritters, bacon-wrapped shrimp, I think, some bacon-wrapped jalapeno poppers, a lot of coconut shrimp. So you can get a lot of food for your money there. It was really, really good. We went to Fisheries, which was also a really good seafood restaurant. Again, Mm -hmm. everything so fresh in the Florida Keys. And then those were the ones in Key Largo and the Middle Islands that we went to when we were in Key West. I don't know if I'm going to count Savago as like a drinking or a (laughs) boat excursion thing, but it was just open bar all night. You get on a boat, there's live music, and then they just kind of take you around the water while you watch the sunset and it's absolutely beautiful and they have hors d'oeuvres for you as well little snacks while you're enjoying your open bar so if you are into party boats that one is a fun time as well we had dinner at half shell raw bar in Mm -hmm. key west i think i had the lobster there it was broiled it was dunked in butter it was fantastic and that restaurant is right next to the water so you have an easy easy walk to any of the tourist attractions that are on the pier. I really recommend going to Half Shell Raw Bar. Obviously, as the name kind of alludes, they have shrimp, they have lobster, they have oysters, they have every type of seafood that you could want that comes out of a shell. I think one of our final dinners was at Latitudes, which is on Sunset Key, and it is so luxurious and so fancy. So there's like a private island off of Key West where on one of our boat tours, we were asking how much are these houses? They're like $30 million houses. They are ridiculously expensive. There's a restaurant on this private island and you have to make reservations and you have to get on a boat to get onto the private island. And before you get on the boat, they make sure that you have reservations. And then when we get there, you walk out onto this pier 
And it's like the island on Survivor, except fancy because there's tiki torches as you're walking out onto the pier and then you walk onto the sand into this fancy restaurant. It's absolutely gorgeous. We had a table right on the beach and the water. So it's interesting because you are walking through what I assumed were marble tiles and then straight onto the beach mm-hmm. with these tiki torches. I had the Flory Keys pink shrimp carbonara, mm-hmm. which was gigantic. They were like, you're not going to finish it. We have NFL players who dine here and they've never finished it. They said the only person who's ever finished it, there was like one 16-year-old girl and she's the only one who's ever finished the shrimp carbonara because it was huge. We had cocktails there as well. I think I had the key lime martini, which Mm -hmm. was fantastic. And then we had an espresso dessert as well. So the entire ambiance and just the entire experience of getting to dine at Latitudes was really memorable. The food was fantastic, but also just all in all the experience of getting onto the boat, onto a private island, seeing the waterfront from there. Even though it was dark, you can still tell it's beautiful. You can see the stars really, really clearly because there's not too much light pollution down Mm -hmm. there. So just the feeling of being on a private island underneath the stars, just such a memorable experience experience too. Latitudes is one of my favorites. I went there with my husband on our on our mini honeymoon. So it's it's one of the most romantic spots too. So it's definitely worth checking out if you're making a trip to the Keys. And I think the last place we went before heading back to the Miami airport was breakfast at Blue Heaven. So they had really good banana bread. And what I thought was more interesting was the decor of this place. They have paintings of chickens and roosters everywhere because in Key West, there's all of these feral roosters running around. I had one that jumped on top of our trolley as we were driving around and then people kept taking photos of it. But this place at Blue Heaven. It's a mostly a breakfast restaurant, but I think they have live music sometimes too because there's a stage mm-hmm. and just a lot of paintings of roosters in like modern art style. And there's roosters just walking around everywhere too. It's a fun time. Yeah, they have a great breakfast. I love Blue Heaven for their breakfast. They do a key lime hollandaise sauce there that is just top notch. And the banana bread, like you said, is fantastic there. Florida Keys is, I would say it's a culinary destination. And just <laughs> trying out all of the different key lime things. We didn't even get to go to Kermit's. I know a lot of people on Instagram kept messaging me, oh, you should try the frozen key lime pie on a stick. We didn't even get to do that. There's lots of just creative ways to use the key lime ingredients. I think just between, you mentioned the hollandaise sauces, the wings. We went to, and I forgot (laughs) the name of it, but they served crepes and all of them had like this key lime sauce on them. So really, really interesting creative ways to use the local ingredients at the different restaurants. We call it dock to dish. So, you know, instead of farm to table, you have dock to dish. So seafood comes straight from the docks and onto your plate, which can't really beat that. I can't believe we've already recorded more than 100 podcast episodes. It feels like we just started yesterday, but we've already covered so many great points and mile strategies on this show and have many more to come. If you're new to this show or looking to level up your points game quickly, I offer a bunch of resources at geobreezetravel.com slash start here. It includes links to free consults, free trials to some of my favorite points tools, and also Links to services like group coaching, which start at only $5 per session through the Patreon. Again, that's geobreezetravel.com slash start here, which I have linked for you in the show notes. So now once you've gotten your full of like fresh local seafood, you want to obviously get active and do some stuff to walk off all that food or exercise off all that food. So tell me about some of the fun activities that you'd recommend 
to folks who are interested in visiting the Keys? Depending on what you're into, there's probably something for you. If you want to be a little bit more chill with your excursions, the Sabago tour that we mentioned where it was just open bar, that's about as chill as it comes. You just kind of get on the boat, you hang out. You're not going to burn a ton of calories. You're going to consume more calories with open bar. But if you're like, that is my jam, that is definitely an option. If you are more adventurous, then you can go to Horizon Divers and they have these different diving trips. I'm Mm -hmm. not scuba certified, so we ended up snorkeling. We saw the statue of Jesus, which is submerged. It's called Christ of the Abyss. So we could see that. It's probably 20 feet down if you're snorkeling. We saw turtles. Oh, I saw a jellyfish and I freaked out and I rose to the top of the water and ripped off my mask and just started screaming like, oh my God, there's a jelly. We should move the boat. And they're like, the jellyfish can't harm the boat. (laughs) And the captain was like, what color was it? I learned that pink jellyfish are called moon jellyfish. And it's completely fine because the tentacles are so short that unless you stick your hand into the jellyfish, it can't actually reach you. But they said, if you find any purple ones with the really long tentacles, then you should beware because those hurt really bad. I saw an eel that just kind of stared at me and that was distracting me from the jellyfish at first because I was looking at the eel and I was like, please don't come at me. Please do not. And that's when I turned my head and there was a jellyfish right next to my face. So that was a lot of adventure with Horizon Divers. And then I also get motion sick a little bit too on boats. So I'm just not the strongest swimmer. I was back on the boat and I was like not doing okay. And their staff took such good care of me too. They were like, some Jolly Ranchers because you swallowed some seawater. You should look out there so that you don't feel too motion sick. So even if you're like me and not a good swimmer at all, they take really, really good care of you. After our time at Key Largo, we were driving down towards Key West. In the middle on Isla Mirada, there's the Turtle Hospital, which mm-hmm. is really, really educational. So there's lots of things that can go wrong. And they're all really sad and unfortunate. So propellers from boats can hit turtles. They might have to get something amputated. If they eat too much trash with the straws or the plastic bags or the fishing lines or anything, they get what is called bubble butt syndrome. I learned that Mm -hmm. from the turtle hospital where they just can't like expel gas the way they need to. So they can't dive. They can't hunt. They can't get away from predators and they just float at the top of the water and then they're just sitting ducks. So they get a lot of these turtles. They bring them in to the turtle hospital so that they're safe and then they feed them there and it's just a really cool educational experience for people to learn about the conservation efforts for the turtles and also Mm -hmm. what can be done who to call if you see a turtle that's just floating in the water because turtles shouldn't be floating for that long they should be diving it was also interesting too because the day we were there was a giant group of french tourists and (laughs) they had to be translating the turtle information into french I still don't know how to say turtle in French. I probably should have had that as like my one takeaway. So turtle hospital, really cool experience and fun place to stop by on the drive down. Really recommend it for families too, because I think it's educational for children just as much as it is for adults. It's one of my favorite places. They're dedicated to the care and rehabilitation of sea turtles too. So they actually rescue the sea turtles like you mentioned, and then when they can, they release them back into the wild, which I think is really impressive. And speaking of conservation efforts, we also got to do a dolphin watch and snorkel tour with Honest Eco. Mm -hmm. And I think this was probably my favorite excursion out of all of them. So I mentioned that I get a little bit seasick and motion sick. This boat was electric. So I don't know if it was because we had the perfect day and the water was like glass or if it really is just the magic of being on an electric boat instead of a gas powered boat. But Mm -hmm. I didn't get motion sick at all because it was so smooth 
and just the care that they take as far as how they interact with the dolphins. They're not like throwing a fish to them to try to get them to do tricks or anything because Mm -hmm. they say that as soon as a dolphin is dependent on humans for that, they're going to die and they're going to starve because that used to happen, I think, all the time in Tampa. And then the pandemic happened and then tourists stopped coming and then dolphins were just starving because they didn't know how to go hunt for their own food. So a lot of just these different facts about how dolphin conservation works and how to be responsible when you're interacting with dolphins on these different boat tours. I think that the care that they took to do that Mm -hmm. kind of education was above and beyond what you would find on a normal tour. It was also such a small group. I think they only had eight of us on the boat. So really easy to walk around. They provided snacks for us. There was solar panels on top of the boat too. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was just really cool because they can draw even more power from the sun and have that to power all of like the radio and the intercom and the equipment and everything. So the boat is called the squid. It was also cool whenever they're like, go for squid. Whenever other boats were asking, hey, have you seen any dolphins? We saw five, I think, all just in one pod. And so it was just so cool seeing them. They were surrounding the boat because the dolphins remember which boats are kind of the good boats versus which boats are really annoying. Also think that because it was an electric boat, it didn't make so much noise. So the dolphins were just a lot more comfortable coming up and saying hello. And it was just magical seeing them that close. It's one of my favorite tours in all of the keys. Like you said, because the boat is silent, I think the dolphins kind of react a little bit more to that. And And the team there does such a great job. They really do. They're so knowledgeable too. Our tour guide, her name is Rachel. Our captain's name is Sarah. Rachel is like a legit marine biologist. So Mm -hmm. she just knew so much about dolphins. She specialized in sharks. And we did some snorkeling there as well. And we saw giant lobsters. We saw a stingray. And they really, really knew where to point out where we could see different things. So that was cool where we could see some more wildlife. And the water was completely calm. Since it was a smaller boat too, they can go into shallower waters. The water's just a lot more calm. So if you get motion sick, again, much nicer experience than deep waters. There won't be too much other traffic, I would say. There's not too many other boats of that Mm -hmm. size that can go out there. So you kind of feel like you have the whole preserve to yourself. I love Honest Eco. I think they're great. And plus getting out on the water with any boat charter is definitely one of the things that's like a must do when you're in the Keys. So that was some stuff on boats. We also did some stuff on land. So we took the conch tour train just around Key West. It's a really good way to orient yourself when you're first in Key West as well, because they'll just point out all of the major landmarks. They'll take you around the entire island. It's hop on, hop off. And this is the one where the chickens just kind of jumped on top of the trolley tour. So that was fun to see as well. The Hemingway Coleman Museum is definitely one of my favorites because Hemingway lived in Key West for a significant amount of time and wrote some of his best works while he was in Key West, like To Have and Have Not and For Whom the Bell Tolls. I also really love going to the Key West Butterfly Conservatory. If you're walking through the conservatory, sometimes the butterflies will land on you and it's such a magical experience. And it's home to Brett and Scarlett, the bonded flamingo pair who are arguably maybe just as famous as Hemingway on social media. They're super popular. So that's one of my favorite things to see and do while I'm in Key West. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's just so much to do. No matter what your vibe is, if you want more of a party vibe, just 
relax on the beach vibe, adventures, adventure travel, eco travel, there's something for you to do in the Keys. There's a little bit of something for everybody, which I think is what makes it extra special. I'm glad you got to enjoy a little bit of the Florida Keys. I hope you enjoyed the trip. Oh, I I had such a great time recommending it to everybody all over Instagram too. Not just because it was a hosted trip where you guys hosted me, but it really is such a cool destination. And like I mentioned, I'm a bit of an urbanist. I really like going to American cities where you can just walk everywhere and you don't have to deal with giant parking lots or huge mega malls or suburban plots of land. Like I live in Las Vegas and there's a lot that I love about Las Vegas, but you can't walk anywhere. You'll get run over (laughs) or you'll just get dehydrated in the desert and die in the time that it takes you to walk from one neighborhood to the next because everything is so spread out and far apart in the Florida Keys. Everything's just all condensed in one area. It's picturesque too. Just the architecture of everything from, I don't know if that's 19th century or where it's from, but the just the architecture of the buildings and the houses is really special too. There's a huge Caribbean influence. So a lot of that comes from, you know, the early 1800s, early 1900s. And obviously, you know, the Cuban influence and the Caribbean influence, you feel it in the Keys. You know, I always say that once you get into the Florida Keys, you kind of feel like you're in a Caribbean oasis without actually having to leave the US and get a passport stamp. In my mind, that's pretty magical in and of itself. Yeah, people always think that they have to go halfway around the world to feel like they're on vacation or to feel like they're away from home and getting to experience something different. But the Florida Keys feels like it's a world away. And it's really only a three hour flight for some people, a couple hour drive from Miami. So definitely somewhere that I would recommend checking out, especially if you're traveling with children, you're not sure if you want to handle such a long flight. If you're like, oh, my passport expired, and that's going to take a little while before I can get that redone, I would highly recommend going to the Florida Keys. And there's so many points and miles hotels too. Thank you so much, Ashley, for the opportunity to visit the Florida Keys. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It was such a pleasure getting to speak with you. And this is our first one where I was the one who got to talk about my experience instead of being the interviewer. So it's kind of a fun change of pace for me too. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. And of course, thanks for visiting the Florida Keys. Hope you come back soon. Yeah, I will. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. If any of the cards mentioned in today's episode piqued your interest, please check out the links in the show notes for more information on any of the cards. Also, if you apply for a card using the links on that page, I may receive a commission too, so please and thank you. P.S. I hear the links work better in Internet Explorer or Safari, and sometimes the credit card applications tend to glitch out in Chrome. Additionally, it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe to this podcast leave a five-star review, and share it with a friend. And if you would like to make even more travel hacking friends, please sign up for the Patreon to access our monthly masterclass hangouts. We dive deep into a particular points program each month, and you'll get to ask all of your travel hacking questions and enjoy being around other people who enjoy points and miles just as much as you and I do. If you would like an invite to the next one, head over to geobreezetravel.com hangouts to sign up to be on the invite list. Take care and happy travels!